0: Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is not amazing thing. What you think is in there is Our brains, brains aren't really finished. They're, They're not blind. fully cooked yet. Our, our you go room. with your heart. You, you we don't have room. any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so most the things that we're doing. <laughs>
1: but here's the deal. This can create a level of sensitivity to potential aggressions out there that may overrepresent the problem. Yeah. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, signal detection, part one. There's been a lot of discussion, certainly on social media, about the concept of a microaggression. And the idea behind a a microaggression is that in addition to an all-out aggression where you just do something horrible to somebody that's very clearly horrible, there may be times where the actions that you take reflect a negative attitude towards somebody or a dislike of somebody, not in a grand overt way, but in a much smaller way having to do with how you phrase something or an assumption that you've made in the way that you talked about something or even in a a facial expression that went along with the discussion. The question is, how sensitive should we be to these microaggressions? And a second question is, is it a problem that we have begun to call attention to these microaggressions? There's an important issue that we can begin to extract from this, having to do with what happens when you begin to place a label on a behavior that causes you to notice that behavior and not just to notice it, but to place a particular
0: evaluation on that behavior. This is not to deny the fact that there are many ways for people to either purposefully or inadvertently display biases toward other people through their actions or through their facial expressions or the words that they use or those kinds of things. And we're not denying all that is the case. But I think an important point you just made is the idea that once you label something, it now calls another level of attention to it in some instances, some would argue, well, there should be more attention paid to it because it's having an effect on people. And if we don't call attention to it, that's going to persist. And we need to actually be more cognizant of what's actually taking place. And that's certainly true. But for the people who may be conveying something that in their own mind, they're not conveying, because as Art's saying, they didn't say something overt. Or they didn't say anything that was obviously demeaning or degrading or showing somebody that they're disrespectful of them or something. But nevertheless, if those things are noticed, if those things, are now becoming noticed they are now looming large in the minds of many people in a way that may not be entirely positive if we could unambiguously
1: determine which things somebody did reflected aggression and which things that somebody did were benign, then by all means, we ought to call out those things that were clearly aggressions and not call out and not worry about those things that were benign. The problem comes in the fact that many behaviors are ambiguous in how they should be interpreted because sometimes the very same behavior can reflect something benign and sometimes that behavior can reflect something that was actually meant aggressively in a minor way. So if you're dealing with a teenager, for example, and that teenager rolls her eyes at you, that is pretty unambiguously meant in a negative way. There are very few opportunities to roll your eyes at another person in which you mean it in a totally nice way. Like I was really impressed. Yeah. But then think about, for example, your lips. Sometimes people do that to express disapproval, but sometimes they do it just because they're thinking. That is an expression some people make when they're thinking. And so there's overlap between that expression and whether it could be meant benignly or aggressively. And perhaps somewhat more often it's meant aggressively than benignly, but there's ambiguity. That's where it gets difficult. There's a whole branch of mathematics that's been applied to psychology that helps us to try to understand this, and it's called signal detection theory. It actually emerged back in the day when there were radio operators trying to figure out whether they heard a particular beacon on a radio frequency. Like an old-timey radio where there's static in the background. That static, it's noise in the radio frequencies. And then, somewhere in there, there might be a signal, a beep that you're listening for. And that signal is what you're seeking. Now, when there's a lot of noise and the signal is really weak, it can be hard to pull it out. But when the signal's really loud relative to all the static, it's easy to pull it out. That is related to this idea that some behaviors are just overtly aggressive. Somebody walks up to you, punches you in the nose, they're being aggressive. And somebody who's made an often benign facial expression, that's like a very dull signal in the static. But on top of that, there's a second component to signal detection theory, which is what makes it really interesting, which is the notion of the criterion. That is, at what point do you decide to say, I heard a signal? And where you choose to do that depends a little bit on the costs and benefits of making a particular kind of response. So imagine, for example, that that signal reflected that a bomb was coming. You might say, gosh, if I'm even a little sure that I heard that signal, I should sound the alarm. And in that case, you might shift your criterion way to the point where you say, I think I heard something. And what that means is that a lot of times you're going to say you heard something, but actually you really didn't. And so people will run to the bomb shelters and then come out. It turns out there was no bomb, but everybody's safe. Sometimes, however, there's a big cost to saying that you heard a signal. Suppose that you have to decide whether to scramble the jets if you hear the signal. Well, that could cost millions of dollars if you're wrong. So you might want to be really sure that you heard the signal before you give the order to scramble the jets. So you might shift your criterion to say that better be a pretty darn loud signal before I send the word to send the jets out. Now, in that case, the mistakes you make are generally going to be mistakes in which there was actually something happening and you failed to act. So there'll be a certain number of bombs that hit even though you didn't scramble the jets. So the idea is that where you place the criterion influences the kinds of mistakes you make. Do you have what are called misses? A miss is when there was actually something there and you said it wasn't. Or do you have false alarms where you say you thought you heard something, but you didn't. Next time, we'll continue the conversation on signal detection with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can listen back to this show or any of our archive shows at KUT.org and subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our engineers are David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford. I'm Jack Anderson, in for Rebecca McEnroy, and I co-produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.